Welcome to the Woman-Owned, Woman-Operated Podcast, where we speak with female founders in the trenches of building a business. I'm Ronnie Wise, founder and CEO of Ronnie Wise Consulting. Through this podcast, I hope to share stories, struggles, and successes to inspire you to pursue your passions and support woman-owned businesses. On this episode, I travel to South Boston to meet makeup artist and hairstylist Casey Corbell at her studio. After a difficult start in her career due to the financial crisis in 2008, Casey discovered hard work, resilience, and making the right connections could turn one of her passions into a successful business of her own. So Casey, it's so great to sit with you today. So great to sit with you as well. <laughs> we, uh, we've had a little bit of a history, which is kind of fun. I first reached out to you to do makeup, I think for my sister's wedding, you were busy, which was I was really sad about, but luckily I, we, was, we were able to connect for her bridal shower bachelorette party, and we just had such an amazing time working with you. And then I sort of found out that you had such an amazing career and that I actually worked with another makeup artist, mentioned your name, and she was like, oh my gosh, Casey Corbell. And you know, she's done such an amazing thing you know, in, in the Boston community. She's worked with incredible people. And I, I had to step back and be like, she was so much fun and you know, so humble about her work. And, and turns out you know, she's really been making a name for herself here in Boston. So <laughs> that's so nice. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I would love to um, talk a little bit first about how you came to be where you are today in this beautiful studio in Southie. There are a lot of different ways that people get into the beauty industry, I imagine. So was this something you always wanted to do or was it sort of an accident that happened? So it's funny because growing up, I was such a tomboy. <laughs> like I had boys shoes and boys ice skates and played football and climbed trees and and when I was about 10 or 11, I discovered my mom's makeup drawer. Hmm. Yeah, so I pull it open <laughs> and I see all these colors and products and I took a piece of toilet paper <laughs> and I just started drawing eyes with makeup on the toilet paper. Wow. From there, I started painting my own face mm. and I would you know, do smoky eyes and crazy makeup when I was 12 years old and go out and show my parents and they'd be like, you know, you're never leaving the house like that, <laughs> you know? I get to high school and I would literally set up my kit in breakfast and paint people's faces, like wow. before school even started. Um, in college, it continued. I did everyone's proms and I did all the dances and the formals and oh, wow. whatever I could do, you know? My friends would go out on Friday night to those underage clubs. So it was a lot of glitter involved in that makeup. Oh, so much glitter. glitter. I do remember that. (laughs) So I would get everyone ready and I would stay in on Friday night and watch that show, um, What Not to Wear. Yes. I loved that show. So obsessed. Stacey and Clinton, right? Yes. (laughs) Yes. And I would watch Carmody, the makeup artist, give the people the makeovers. Mm. And I would try and replicate it after. So what happened after college? What was after graduation? You have your business degree. You know that you love makeup and hair. What was sort of the next step for you? So all throughout college, I did co-op. Actually, not all throughout. So junior year and senior year, I worked at a financial institution um, in Boston. And after I graduated, I worked at a boutique marketing agency in town. And I worked at MAC Cosmetics at night. So, you know, I'd have my business during the day, my makeup at night, and in 2008, the market crashed. Mm. So 
in the same week, I lost both of my jobs. Wow. So yeah, completely kicked to the curb, yeah. <laughs> all on my own. But fortunately, in college, I actually, I took photography too, because I had nothing else to take senior year. Pretty sweet. So I shot cool hair and makeup on my friends, and that was my portfolio. <laughs> like, quote, air quotes, portfolio. <laughs> so I would literally, at night, email, just cold email photographers and show them my portfolio, offer them my services for free just to build experience. I was scouring Craigslist before Craigslist was weird. <laughs> Any gig I could get, I would you know, do headshots and just hustle, hustle all over town, trying to make it work, trying to make this freelance career work. And it's funny because I was almost forced into it. If I hadn't got laid off from both my jobs, who knows? Mm. Who knows where I'd be? It would be a very different life for sure. So it was a blessing in disguise. Mm. So after hustling around, you know, doing test shoots with photographers, I found a listing on monster.com for a job at Rulala, which I think everyone knows Rulala. It's a pretty yeah. popular site. So I sent my resume, sent my, my very sad makeup resume and my college resume and my portfolio, air quotes, <laughs> over and they called me in for an interview. So, but the interview was a live interview. So I did hair and makeup on the, one of their photographers. So immediately like sweating, freaking out, <laughs> like, oh my God, how am I gonna do this? So they show you a picture and you just have to recreate the photo and they take a picture of it and there you go. So they give you an hour wow. for hair and makeup. So I did it, they took a picture, they liked it, and they started calling me after that. It was my first real freelance gig, and I did that for a couple of years. Wow. So that was huge. That was really, really huge because I met so many people, yeah. so many photographers. I worked with all these different models. I got beautiful imagery. And from there, I worked a lot with my friend, Connor Doherty, who was an amazing photographer. And we were sort of building our careers, or he was transitioning out of a career into photography, and we kind of started at the same time. Mm -hmm. So we would do a lot of test shoots together. And for people who don't know what a test shoot is, it's pretty much when you all collaborate, you know, you donate your time, and you make beautiful pictures together for your portfolio. Amazing. So we did this one shoot together, and he sent it to Ennis Inc., which is my agency, for critiquing. They were huge supporters of him in the beginning of his career. And they asked who did the hair and makeup. So we set up a meeting. They looked at my portfolio and they signed me. Wow. It just sort of sort of happened. And that was eight years ago. And I'm still with Ennis and they are so amazing. And yeah, here I am. That's great. Do you think that it was completely necessary to add hair to your services along with makeup? Was that something that you felt like in the beginning, you're like, if I don't learn hair too, I'm not gonna be able to provide the full experience for your clients? So in Boston, it's a smaller industry. So if you wanna stay busy, you need to add hair to your repertoire. Fortunately, it's something that I got a head start with because I grew an interest for it early on. Um, but a lot of people who want to break into the industry and who are just makeup artists or just hairstylists have a lot of trouble staying full time because 
in order to get booked on some of these bigger jobs, you need to know both. Mm. You need to learn at least light hairstyling to make it a full-time job. At some point you probably realized, I'm pretty great at this. How did you stand out from the other makeup artists and hairstylists to establish your own personal brand? So, and I think it's really funny is today the style you see all over Instagram and all those Insta-famous people is so heavy. And I'm like, what kind of message does that send? Just literally waking up every day and wearing a mask of makeup on your face. And it's so, it's so anti-beauty to me, you know? Yeah. Like my style is really subtle and really looking at a face and enhancing their most beautiful features and, and doing it in a way that doesn't feel heavy or overdone. Mm -hmm. And that's what, I, that's what I like to do. It's amazing. And so, you know, in my opinion, I, I love makeup, I will say, um, but frankly, I find it extremely difficult to do anything on myself. So I always, you know, go find someone to help me out. Um, but it, to me, it's, it's really a form of art. It, like you said, it's transformative. Is it something where you feel like the best in the industry have an enormous amount of experience and they've developed their craft over time? Or do you think that natural talent plays a really big role in the success of one of these makeup or hairstylists? Mm -hmm. I think it's a combination of both. Mm -hmm. I think that natural talent is definitely important, but that's not to say that you can't learn over time. You know, The way I did makeup in the beginning is a lot different from how I do it now. I used to think that a good face was like defined by how much product you could put on the face and how dramatic and crazy it could be, but it's, it's so different from how I do makeup now. But I think that you learn as you go and you always learn new techniques and you try out new products and you're constantly evolving as an artist and you're perfecting what you do. So I learn a lot from my peers as well. You know, the people who I work alongside in the industry, I always look to them for inspiration and we always talk about different products to try and we kind of help each other out in that respect. So always, always growing and always evolving. So Casey, I imagine word of mouth is extremely important in your industry, but are there other factors that you would actually attribute to your success? I would say word of mouth is very important in our industry. It, it kind of is who you know, <laughs> and it's about developing those relationships, right? Mm -hmm. Especially on set when there are so many different people involved, you need to be a good collaborator, a good team player, and I'd say you always need to be meeting new people and testing with new photographers, testing with new models and stylists and just really being involved in your industry and just staying in the know and staying fresh in your work. Yeah. And do you have a strategy for connecting with those people after? You know, do you use LinkedIn or do you have any sort of strategy that you do to say, I remember you and let's stay in touch? I actually, I wish I utilized LinkedIn a little, a little <laughs> bit more. I would say the main way I stay in touch with people is Instagram. Really? When I get to a shoot, I make sure we follow each other, you know, or I follow them just so it helps me remember their names and seeing that imagery over and over again, it helps me remember who I worked with because so it can all kind of blend together at the end of the day when you're working on all these different shoots and all these different teams. So it yeah. helps a lot. 
placing a number value on your time and skill is difficult for many entrepreneurs. I know I even have it, you know, in the beginning knowing sort of how much you're worth and how much your time is worth. So how did you first determine how much you would charge for your services? And as you establish yourself more in the industry, how, if at all, were you able to raise your prices over time? Mm -hmm. I think it's, this is still something I struggle with, mm -hmm. for sure. And having an agency helps because they do a lot of that work for me when it comes to commercial clients. But I remember in the beginning, I charged, I think, $30 for wow. it. Wow. Up to and makeup. Amazing. So, what a deal. What a deal, right? And I think it it grows as your confidence grows, as your skill set grows, as your self-worth grows, and you realize that you have a demand. So as I built a name for myself, I realized that I could I could charge more money and that my skill is worth something, you know, that not everyone can do hair and makeup and I should be able to add value or place a value on that. Yeah. And was there a certain point in your career that you were like, oh, I, I know now how much I'm really worth or do you feel like every day you still are reassessing it? I think I'm finally realizing that now. <laughs> <laughs> After 10 years of doing this and still kind of struggling, you know, putting a value on things, but having a balance to your life is so important. And you realize when you get to a point that there are not more hours in the day. So you, you do need to increase your prices so you can continue to make a living and have a life at the same time. A business like yours, you're completely reliant on you and your specific skill set. So how do you actually scale your business when you can't add more hours mm -hmm. in the day? Is it something where, yeah, is it the price that you increase over time? Or how do you, how do you ima imagine that growing? So I'm actually, like I said, I'm kind of dealing with this now where, especially with my bridal business, um, something that also just kind of happened. It was, it was never really like, I'm gonna do 40 weddings a year. It just kind of <laughs> happened and I was like, yeah, let's do this, I love doing weddings. but. I mean, last year I turned away 120 weddings because there are only so many weekends in the year. Mm -hmm. you have 42 weddings. So you can do the math on how much free time I had last year. <laughs> so I am at a point now where I really want to develop a team. I want to hire a stylist, hairstylist, makeup artist, someone to coordinate all the business end of it, kind of mm -hmm. like my agent does, but for weddings specifically. Mm -hmm because yeah I'm, I'm running out of time but finding the time to train people has been a challenge but I know that putting that time in the front end is going to be so beneficial moving forward yeah. and another way I'm thinking of scaling is teaching classes mm. I have this beautiful huge studio and we have the space for it and I love teaching people so I want to you specifically focus on teaching people who want to be professional hair and makeup artists. Mm -hmm. So that is definitely something I'm going to do probably over the winter. That's so exciting. We'll see. And this space would be perfect for it. And so what advice would you give to you know other makeup artists and hairstylists looking to make a name for themselves in the industry? Maybe they're just starting out or maybe they've, they've tried a few things and it's not working out for them, but you know, mm -hmm. what would you tell them to, to do today to really make a difference in their careers? I would say that putting yourself out there is, is huge and not being afraid to reach out to people and finding your tribe early on, you know, because some of the people I started doing these free test shoots with early on are people I still work with today, but we 
just get paid to do it as a team. And that that's the ultimate goal, I would say. So find people who are at a similar stage in your career, people who are just starting out wanting to be a stylist, just starting out wanting to be a photographer, and get together and make some magic. And you'll grow together. Casey, did you have a vision for where you wanted to be in regards to your career at this point in your life, or are you surprised by where you are today? I would say I'm a little bit surprised because if you asked me 10 years ago that, you know, if I would be doing makeup for these amazing brands and magazines and working with celebrities, I would think you're absolutely crazy. But, you know, just thinking back, I would spend my time just, you know, looking at magazines and looking at the beautiful imagery and thinking, oh my God, who are these people doing this and thinking that it's not even possible, you know? Like, it's such a huge barrier to entry that industry is very tight-knit and kind of protected and it's hard to infiltrate. I'd never thought it would ever be possible, so I'm just wow and just so grateful to be mm -hmm. where I am. And so what parts of your day-to-day -day life now do you find fulfilling? Um, do you see that improving as you grow, or do you think at some point you'll need to re reassess that work-life balance, which a lot of entrepreneurs have to do at some point in their, in their business? Absolutely. Work-life balance, it's completely unbalanced right now. I feel <laughs> like I've been just had my head down and just working and hustling for so long that it's hard to know what else to do than work, you know? You probably understand as yeah. an entrepreneur. Yeah. So, but it's something that I've been really focusing on, you know, since the new year, I've been doing a lot of, you know, spiritual development and health and wellness and really trying to seek that balance in my life because, you know, I'm not gonna look back when I'm 80 and wish I worked more, you know? I'm gonna wish I had more time to travel and, and develop relationships and it's so important Work-life balance is huge, and it's something that I really need to work on, and I am working on right now. Yeah. But do you feel like that the sacrifice is, is worth it now that you look back at the 10 years and all the hard work that you put into mm -hmm. it? Yeah, the hard work is absolutely worth it, and I'm so fortunate that my work is fun, and I love it, mm -hmm. you know? It, it was not hard to, you know, go to work every day because I'm painting faces, I'm working with amazing teams, I'm making people happy and having fun. So the work itself is, is fun, but you can do a little bit too much of a fun thing. Yeah, that's <laughs> true, that's a great way of putting it. Yeah. And I imagine a lot of people in the industry, especially in Boston, see you and they're like, wow, you know, she's so successful, you've worked with celebrities, you've been published in national publications. But do you see yourself as successful at this point in your career? I think that as an artist, we're always so self-critical, especially an artist slash entrepreneur. We always think that it can be more perfect, I can do that better, and I can constantly like be striving towards that perfection. You know, we all know that perfection doesn't exist, but it's always that mental battle, you know? And, but then again, I do feel successful in that I get to do what I love every day. And I think when you feel fulfilled and you're aligned like with your purpose in life, that 
that is success. So I do feel grateful and I do feel successful, but I also feel like there's always room for growth. There's always more that you can achieve and, you know, just improving quality of work, you know, instead of quantity. Mm -hmm. So that's where I'm at right now is I want to focus on jobs that I really, really want to do, people I really, really want to work with. I want to travel more. I want to do more destination weddings and see the world. And, you know, I just want, I want more. And just, it's always going to be a fun time. And I'm always going to love the day to day. But I think that I can make those jobs more in alignment with, with what I really want to do and what my purpose is. Thank you so much for sitting down with me, Casey. It's, it's been so incredible to learn more about you, you know, than outside of what I've already seen. And I hope everyone goes and, you know, visits your website. You're launching a new website, which is very exciting. Yes. Um, so I'm excited to see all the work sort of in a different way. Um, I'm sure that's just going to be beautiful and, and fun to explore. Thank you so much. It's been a true pleasure. I can't wait to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> We work for some really cool celebrities down the road, so I could be like, oh my god, like Casey, look, she's like in California now. Like, Let's do this again in five years. Yeah, can't we? That'd be great. That would be a good experiment yeah. to see what happens. Thank you for listening to the Woman Owned, Woman Operated podcast. Learn more about Casey and see her beautiful work at CaseyCorbell.com. A special thank you to Casey Corbell of Parachute Studios for sharing her story with us. John Lundman for our beautiful music, my incredible mother who started her own business and inspired me to start mine, and everyone who joins us in supporting women-owned businesses in their communities. Subscribe to our podcast to hear more stories like this one, and remember, when women support women, incredible things happen.